0: Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nika Anani and I'm your host. On The Connected Generation, we explore all things legacy wealth and legacy businesses. These are wealth and businesses that would outlive their founders such that they can have a positive impact and bless generations to come. So we have amazing guests that come on and unpack their journeys and they share with us lots of wisdom on how to navigate this journey on the way to legacy. This week's guest did not disappoint. His name is Curtis May and he's really passionate about building wealth, managing cash flow. But before that, we unpacked his journey. So he is a family business owner himself, works as a third generation with his father and grandfather in their supermarket business. And he observed that a lot of business owners lose wealth because they don't know how to manage cash flow. And in his words, the typical advice out there for business owners is actually toxic. What they need is a new method that is applicable to them to help them in building resilient wealth such that they can build generational wealth. I won't tell you any more, because if you want to hear <laughs> what Curtis had to say, you're going to have to listen in, but it was fantastic. So take good care and enjoy. Hi, Curtis. Welcome to the Connected Generation. It's awesome to have you.
1: Hey, good to be here. Good to be yeah. happy to uh, talk about money and business, my two favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes before we jump into money and business can you tell us more about you you're the host of the practical wealth show podcast you're an owner of an advisory practice as well but how did you get to where you are today
1: um so i so long story short so i we it's funny we talked about this before offline boy and on the other show but i'm a second generation business owner Mm-hmm. and uh so i actually got into financial space in college you know i always joke this out i realized the nba wasn't looking for 511 shooting guards with a mediocre ball handle so i got my insurance <laughs> license during college in college my junior year in 1985 i've been doing it ever since and i i was blessed because i never i never got that go school get your education get a good job talk you know my dad told me you'll never mm-hmm. make the money work for somebody else so i I thought you majored, I was a business administration major. I thought you majored in business to go into business. It never even encouraged to me to get a job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so I realized later that that was kind of unusual. <laughs> so <laughs> when I started talking to myself, I'm out of the classmates, you know, business major. I remember I was going to join this, um, what was it called? It was like a business fraternity. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the school paper, I don't remember the deal. All I remember was, hey, you ever thought about going your own business? It seemed like one of the interview questions. He goes, no, you know, I just want to graduate and get a good job and work in corporate America. And I was like, "What?" You know, <laughs> lost all respect for him. Did decline not to try to join. And I was, you know, I was such a uh, headstrong nineteen-year-old. Nineteen, year old. 19 I, think I was nineteen at the time, nineteen twenty. So anyway, I got into that, and then you know, I, I you know, started part time. Was horrible for y'all trying to do stuff. I was horrible, and uh, I just, I'm a serious product of personal development and. uh, I kind of was a typical advisor. I guess we'll get to this it a little bit later. And I read a little book in 1999 called Rich Dad Poor Dad. And it really rocked my world in, with regards to what I was uh, teaching. I was kind of like a Dave Ramsey, you know, steroids, about term a difference, blah, blah, blah. And I realized that for business owners, typical advice is literally toxic, you know, for, mm. or uh, it's, a, it's a completely different thing. And so I, didn't know how to communicate that. And then, you know, probably over the last 10 to 15 years, I've been honing that down and, you know, uh being able to kind of learn how and learn how to communicate those frameworks to, to business owners and to to you know kind of do what the institutions do and not what they tell us. So that that's kind of my long hmm. short story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: In, interesting. Uh, you mentioned that you were second generation business owner. So you worked with um, your father or
1: uh, grandfather? Grandfather. My father. We owned. A, I didn't even finish the part. We we owned a supermarket in Philadelphia. From Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And uh, so, but my dad had like I don't know if, it, if you're in a city. At little corner stores. So we had little corner stores. Then we had two. We had a bigger store at the same time. I my my grandfather had like a sewing contracts and mm. employed eighteen twenty people in the 50s in philly mm. Mm. you know my father had a dry cleaning business at 15 you know so he's only worked for somebody like six months in his life outside of the air force and i think that six months was like selling Kirby vacuum cleaners which he my cousin told me he wanted to work for so it's it's totally like that so all i knew was get up you know work at the store and help put up groceries and learn how to wrap meat. And I used to go to docks with my um, uh, grandfather to pick up the produce for the produce section. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It was, that's, I never got, like I said, it wasn't like, Oh, we're going to work, going to a job. I was What is that about? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I've always been around that, you know, we've always employed people, you Mm -hmm. know, they always told us we're building this for you. You know, I've Mm -hmm. heard that since I was a little kid. Mm
0: -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. And what was that experience working in the family business with your? Well, it was interesting. It
1: was it was funny because I didn't really want to be in the supermarket business. So I was like, oh, this is. Um, it was retail. You know, we worked a lot, and um, it wasn't sexy. You know, my dad looked. People's got to eat. You know, I always got to eat, and uh, so I remember having this dream at fifteen. I, I remember seeing this map of the United States. With little red dots across the country that said Mays Market," <laughs> you know. So if I was going to do this, it was we were going to, you know, Thanks be flying so to visit the stores in my corporate jet. <laughs> okay, and um, it didn't quite work out. We had a fire, and you know, and uh, just it was a, it was a mess. And we got into the tavern business, and then we had a bar, and we had three bars. And if y'all can't if you see the video of gray hair. The gray hair came from the bar business in North Philly, where you go and get robbed at gunpoint at least twice a year. Okay, so. That was, wow. that was, that wasn't my ideal thing either. I was doing that while I was doing financial services. I wasn't doing any of them either. Well, but you know, I grew up mm. in brick and mortar in retail. So when I talk to people, I understand dealing with L and I, which license inspection here in Philly and, you know, having, you know, for retail, you know, 12, 13, $1,500 a month electric bills and, you know, all mm. that stuff of, of, you know, mortgage pay, all that stuff that you have to, whether you make a sale or not. Mm. You know, all that stuff, a lot of people that you just do online stuff, it's a, it's a, you gotta, people don't understand the, um, the level of stress. I heard this, somebody say this, you, you always feel like you're hunted by a wolf you can't see, right? Because you have all wow. this responsibility. Wow. That people are depending on you. That, you know, you basically have to make stuff happen so that you can eat, but they, they gotta eat. I, you know, I was like, all right, you know, if, if I didn't get paid, I had to, I had the responsibility to make sure, you know, I may, we may pay a role for the staff.
0: That's powerful. You always feel like you're being hunted by a wolf. You can't see. That's that's a great visual of the kind of emotional burden that entrepreneurship
1: places on you. Yes. <laughs> you
0: <laughs> you said, people don't,
1: regular people don't understand that. You know, that's, that's, uh, kids don't understand that. You know, I know you talked mm-hmm. about, they don't, you know, unless you grow up in it. And then when you start taking on that mantle, it's, mm-hmm. it's different. It's not like, hey, all right, where's, Let's take over and you know let's go buy our jet and let's you know we're gonna have all this money. You may not have any money, okay?
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: um, we were grossing like over twenty grand a month between two two businesses. I found it hard to get five hundred dollars a week for me. What you said about kids not understanding
0: it is is so key, and it's one thing to take you know to appreciate the assets. And the income that comes with the responsibility of being an owner, but there's also risk and liability that comes with being an owner. For instance, sometimes personal guarantees have to be put down to borrow. Yeah. yeah. How do you deal with, you know, cultivating the next generation so that they also have understand that it's not just, you know, we take all the cream from the business, but we also have to put in the work and Put some risk down.
1: Yeah, and understanding the, the, you know, I was just thinking about a, 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 a kind of a, a, a talk or a course I'm working on on, you know, entrepreneurial cash flow management, you know, business management for uh, business owners, you know, and uh, even before you get into what to do with the money, it's like when money hits your account, most people don't know how to manage the cash flow, I man. Most wealth is lost by how people manage cash flow. And so, Mm -hmm. even that's different. And then, how Mm -hmm. do you get it to your household? How do you use the business to, you know, what are the most important skills that you know next generation needs to know to kind of expand the the business? Because if they're come out of school, I want to say this nicely. Can I curse? No, okay. They don't. They don't (laughs) know. (laughs) I was going to say they don't know S, but they don't know really anything. (laughs) Okay, you know, so. Not you know like you are you got your MBA well okay but that's different from running a business you know how to run somebody else's business you know how to count the numbers but it's a little bit different and you're Mm -hmm. but you're smart so you can figure it out but you got it's different Um, although you have a it's different you have a bigger enterprise like entrepreneurship there's different levels of that kind of stuff and you kind of got a bigger ongoing concern then now you have got operations and you you got a business I mean you have systems and people in place and Now you can, you know, move the chess piece around a little bit. But, you know, you got to understand marketing. You got to understand your cash flow management. You got to understand team building. And like the three most important skills in business are sales, marketing, in order, sales, marketing, team building. Mm -hmm. Those are things I think that move the needle. Mm -hmm.
0: You said you read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that rocked your world. Yeah. Um, Can you explain what you meant by that?
1: Yeah, I you know, it's- And you were saying that typical
0: advice in the industry is kind of toxic.
1: Yes. So one of the things, so Rich Dad Poor Dad is really a book about accounting. It's not really a financial book. It's a book about accounting. So mm-hmm. um, a financial literacy is the ability to read numbers, to read financial statements. And so if you can, you know, that the numbers tell a story, mm-hmm. most people don't know the story the numbers are telling them. Mm-hmm. Right, meaning your income statement, you know, statement of cash flow, your balance sheet, you know, personally, but in your business, what does this all mean? You know, I remember I was in what was I? I was in junior high school. Uh, we had this, and this you still did manual account, those little green, you know, ledger sheets. I'm like, oh, hey, it was boring. I I couldn't stand accounts. Like, yes, you know, that's what we have accounts for. He goes, listen, you need to know how to read this because you need to be able to go behind the account to make sure they're not stealing from you. Okay, you can't just that. I didn't, and so what happened is it was kind of like he drew it in pictures, like little boxes, and it was. You ever see the Matrix? So I did, you know where where at the first Matrix, Neo could see the Matrix at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I could now see the Matrix. I I could see financial statements and everything, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, like the <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh. I, I got it. You know, so that was just the first step. And then I started to realize, oh, like, what is it? You know, and so, because the, the thing, why is it toxic? Let me finish that thought. Is this. So once you understand that, what, are, what is taught in a typical financial world is what we call in our system, affectionately, the accumulation theory. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, is, uh, which is what typical advice is to, to business owners. And see, that's employee advice. You can't listen to that stuff. OK, so where they teach you things like buy and hold, dollar cost average, get out of debt, you know, modern portfolio theory. You need to max out your qualified plan. We're going to hold it till 65 and, you know, building retirement plans. You can't do that. That's mm. not your world. OK. And so because um, um, it's wrought with risk because you can't control the market going up or down. You're putting it in an account that you can't touch for 30 years. You mm-hmm. know, if you look at the institutions, they would never do that. Mm-hmm. OK. And so what do you want? So we so we call that the accumulation. There is more to it than that. But and then there's the velocity method. So business owners need velocity. So, you know, when we talk about because people think, oh, I got to invest, you don't need to, And you're trained to send your money to something outside of your business and your business. is not want investment. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the three things you invest in, you, we, we, we call it the three rules of investing, investing in your expertise. Mm-hmm. Invest in your um your in what you can control the outcome of. Okay. Right. So if you can control the profitability. So if you learn to you know, it's four ways to grow revenue. So if you start to learn the four ways you can grow revenue, boom, there's no better investment than in your business. I'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. And then um uh and then you invest in don't chase returns. See, most people are like sending money to some fund manager you never met chasing returns, and people teaching me mm-hmm. you should get a solo 401k and all advice is to send your money away from you. But if you look at what institutions do, what do they do? They focus on velocity of money. So, how fast can you turn over? So, if you buy this thing, you know, like we were in the bar business, right? So, I could get a, um, a, a let's say, Bacardi, right? A case of, uh, a, a bottle of Bacardi rum. We had a one-out shot, twenty-five point four ounces in the bottle. If we sold it for, you know, let's just say, three dollars a shot. That's $75 a bottle. The bottle costs like $13. Okay. That. So how's, so I'm not trying to buy bottles so I can leave them sit on the shelf and collect dust. That's the mm-hmm. accumulation. Figure. That's what the industry wants you to do.
0: Mm-hmm. You need
1: to turn those bottles over, over. So quickly. you, and so that's velocity. So that's what you have to do in business. Business owners already know this, right? Only thing I'm doing is validate, validating for them what they know to be true. Okay. And then they need cash flow. See, your mm-hmm. lifeblood of business is cash flow. Okay. Mm-hmm. People talk about network. Network is a meaningless metric. Okay. You can't eat equity, right? So you need cash flow and you mm-hmm. need to know when your bills are due. Are you throwing off cash flow? And then you need to become financially free, which is the goal. Hopefully, you're in business is work optional income, meaning as you're growing your business, you need to be investing in things outside of your business that generate cash flow so that you want to shut the business down. Or sell it. Hopefully you're not, you're passing it on, but you need to be all your wealth can be top in the business. So you, mm-hmm. buy, you can buy one apartment building a month or you know, some other things that that generates passive income. So you diversify your portfolio. But I mean not with five or six different stocks. I want real tangible assets. And so mm-hmm. it, it, what I teach is a little bit different is we call that the velocity method. We try to get our clients focused on velocity, buying or building assets that generate cash flow. Right. What is an asset? Asset some insurance cash flow without you working. And so that's your emphasis is to becoming financially free. The business is not the goal. The business is a vehicle.
0: Gotcha. gotcha. And so
1: I, you got to position it right. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's that's I'm trying to stop.
0: Fascinating. So you, right? yeah. you said a lot of like the conventional advice is for employees and doesn't work for entrepreneurs. No. What, what, you need access. You-,
1: you need control. You need liquidity. Use and control of your capital. Uh-huh. Number one, and so if you, because there there are if you, I have a report I'll, I'll I'll give y'all access to. It's called the value of liquidity, and so it's powerful. Most most the number no one problem I see with business owners and and or and individual families, and if you're an individual says you're still in business, right? You 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 um is all how you see yourself, but most people the number one problem is lack of capital not even access to capital because if you don't manage your money right you could end up working for the banks and they take over your business because you're Mm -hmm. getting lines of credit now they're want to encumber your business equipment because you've got you know and so what we teach is a strategy of being the bank so you can develop financing so you can stop giving away those profits you know how to kind of succeed from the monetary system so to speak Mm -hmm. and so but it starts with managing your cash flow starts with becoming more Efficiency. You don't need to chase returns. If you're going to create maximum wealth, hear me, business owners. You need to create maximum efficiency, which means that stop giving money away. You know, Mm -hmm. manage your cash flow, lower your taxes, negotiate your fees better, look at your loan costs. There's so many things. If you just go, you know, through the business, that's why you have to know how to read the numbers so you can see stuff that you know. Consulting fees you may be paying for that are Mm -hmm. that are that are you know it's good to pay experts but you've got to look what is the roi on it you know because you're oh. you know i always tell people products that you buy should be a um a result of your knowledge not a substitute for it
0: products you buy should be a result of okay okay
1: we don't want to think let me just buy this thing because they they must know no 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 you're the captain of the ship you need to know Mm-hmm. or have mm-hmm. good a good team of advisors because business is a team sport so you can't know everything but you need to be the leader mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. you you mentioned um things you invest in you mentioned there are three categories expertise what you can control the outcome of but i didn't catch the third one
1: oh um no so it's it's invest your expertise invest in what you could so three rules of investing. That's what not the yeah. thing to invest the three rules of investing. Uh-huh. Invest in this, your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's go a little bit deeper. What do you invest in? Your your number one asset is you. Let's back up to that. Mm-hmm. Right. So you got, what do you invest in? Your mindset, your skill set, mm-hmm. and your network. Okay. Because skills or specialized knowledge in what makes money, right? What mm-hmm. problems that you can solve in the marketplace. Because money is a result of creating value in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Right. And if uh, say, I want to make more money, that's the wrong question. How can I serve more people? How can I, you know, uh, uh, see more people? What problems that we have unique twists on? So, as you're thinking about your business, that's how you have to look at how many people do we need to serve to generate this revenue? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, uh, mindset, skill set, network, and number one investment is your business. What do you invest in? Marketing, sales, systems, and people, right? You can control the outcome. Of that investment if you look those are things that you can control you see mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. and then stop chasing returns stop oh how's my bitcoin doing that's what i mean about chasing returns you're speculating most people are not investing you're speculating oh my my, my fund is up you know 13 percent this quarter really what does that mean that's an illusion because it's not money until you sell shares mm-hmm. so you're you're you know you're living in fantasy land you know buying the you know what other institutions want you to know but what you need to know is uh because what's your expertise in that? you know i ask people oh I, I, I'm, I'm putting x amount a year to my SEP IRA really on the scale of one to ten rate your knowledge about the stock market you go oh, two. well you know who's managing the fund no okay and uh you know what stops your owners in that portfolio not really <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh well, on a scale of one to ten, tell me how would you rate yourself and your knowledge about your business or your industry? Oh, I'm a. And they'll be humble. Oh, I'm at nine. Okay. So, and you, I know how you work at your business. So, if I asked you this three years from now, what would you be? Oh, I'd probably be a twelve. Okay. Where should your money be then? Common sense. You know, but you have to. There's so much noise out there telling you, making you feel stupid because you're not mm-hmm. doing what everybody else does. But mm-hmm. you know, the, the the here's my basic rule of thumb. Okay, it's is the majority is usually wrong. <laughs> so, oh, really? That, that's my, you know, yes, yeah, uh, you know, you know, I don't care about what, what the majority majority the Majority's broke. I'm not listening to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm a bit and hyped. So, you got me hype now. We're talking. Uh, <laughs> so, the many things, edit that, out many things like. are
0: going up in my brain right now, <laughs> by virtue of the fact that you're not chasing return, you're chasing velocity. You're kind of alluding to the fact that this certain asset types asset classes you shouldn't necessarily be worried about and more focused on you said focus on what you can kind of control the outcome of which is things in your business like investing your sales your marketing your systems and your team building but you also mentioned that you also don't want to be overexposed to your business you Mm want to create a diversified portfolio um, in real assets so how do you navigate that tension between you know we have scarce resources um Am I going to invest this liquidity in the business, in me, or in something outside of the
1: business? Good question. So this goes to cash flow management. So like w- we teach that you want to save, save, savings, save, liquid, accessible, guarantee. That's how I define saving. Okay. And we teach our clients that you want to save 15, 20% of your gross revenue. Okay. To build up liquidity. OK, mm-hmm. now, what can you do with that? Well, you could. So what are the four asset classes? So first thing you got to do is save money. OK, mm-hmm. and build. You have to capitalize. See, if you have money and you have liquid opportunities will find you. You don't even have to go looking. there are businesses you could buy. There's, you know, there's stuff. So here are the four asset classes that that we talk to our clients about. So it's business, real estate, paper and commodities, Right. So commodities, mm-hmm. oil and gas, gold and silver, agricultural type things, green energy, that, that's all commodities, right? And so what mm-hmm. happens is you got to, what do you know about, right? What is the, what is the, um, if you, a great book, one of my favorite books on this, the Kiyosaki's and Sharon Lecter, we give her credit because, you know, the, their book, the, what is it called? The Rich Dad's Guide to Investing is a good book to kind of frame that. And then Who Took My Money, which is really the whole book is about velocity of money. Okay, and how they think about that and how different people look at what velocity is. But your business is uh, what's the purpose of business to buy? He says to buy real estate, to buy other assets so you can get in, you can get your money up and then Mm -hmm. you can save. And now you've got this pool of capital. So if you want to buy real estate, right, you want to use debt to buy the asset and then get with your tax person. But the debt, well, real estate, commercial and re- investor real estate debt is tax deductible, right? Mm. The, the um, depreciation is tax deductible. So all of a sudden, why don't these rich people pay taxes? Because they understand the tax code. I was at lunch with uh, Tom Wilwright at a conference in, um, where were we? Park City, Utah. He says, listen, the the government, the um, his, he was talking about, we are talking about the cash flow projects in and, Kiyosaki's and second book. He said, listen, the tax code is a stimulus program. So, you want to partner with the government. What is it that they want done? They need jobs, they need housing, they need energy, and they need food. So, what they do is they put incentives to that if you will kind of put your money where they want it to go, providing safe, clean, affordable housing, apartment buildings, building businesses. So, you create, it's like, government don't create jobs, businesses create jobs, right? So, certain administrations need to understand you need to make it favorable. For us to put our capital at risk that creates jobs see that's that's what um uh where that comes from so what happens is if you will expand your business they'll give you tax credits for that or tax breaks you know and just understand not giving tax advice don't do anything i say i'm not telling you to do anything but what happens is you just got to understand from a 50,000 foot view how the game is played and there's two tax codes right there's one for wage earns one for business that's what i'm saying the game is different mm-hmm. and um what we've got to learn how to do is hey I always tell people, don't hate the um, player, don't hate the player, hate the game, but don't hate the game. We just got to, you know, the game of capitalism, which is just a what I call an ever-expanding system. This is the F.A. Hayek's definition, ever an ever-expanding system of cooperation among strangers. Hmm. Right. And so we have to, as a people, we have to embrace that and, and not fight that, because it's, it's, it is the solution to hmm. what ails us, is embrace leaning into that.
0: Amazing. I wanted to um, ask about retirement and retirement income and providing for that because quite often in family businesses, it's um, not having enough retirement income saved up actually is a stumbling block in the succession process mm-hmm. um, and stops the founders from letting go, particularly in these times where there's high inflation and, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the in the markets. What are your thoughts on um, founders that are on their journey um, yeah. How can they build this retirement income? So well, we so, you know, I don't like
1: that. retirement. Retirement is a man-made concept. <laughs> okay. So I, I told people you want passive income. And so where does that come from? So we, when we work, people, we have four goals, right? We call it the four pillars of a strong personal economy. One is freedom from debt to others. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I call non-preferred debt. Not, you know, you're really not trying to get out of debt. You want to get in more debt, but it's good debt and bad debt. That's another mm-hmm. topic. we we'll come back to that. And then, so my door calling the uh the um <laughs> I lost my thought. all right, wait, yeah, free from into all there's ready cash when you need it, liquidity, six to twelve months minimum of liquid, liquidity asset based income you don't have to work for and you can't outlive, and a mm-hmm. legacy of wealth and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Let me pause all right, so those are the four objectives. so when we think about retirement, you got so it starts with. I mean, there are vehicles, but what I think that you should be, your business, your asset, but you do need to separate your money out. But I'm not a big fan of, uh, like somebody works, I'm not a big fan of funding government-sponsored plans past the match, okay? And so what I, like, so I like life insurance, okay? Mm -hmm. When you look at the, um, some of the big, Uh, I had a guy on my show, his name is Barry Dyke. And a lot of the, uh, uh, like the Jack Welch's and the people, they all have these non-qualified retirement plans funded with life insurance. They don't put money in the stock market. They don't gamble, right? So if you're making a lot of money, what happens is you can, the cool thing about insurance, it gives you access to capital so you can collateralize, meaning borrow against insurance to buy other assets. There's a death benefit. So when the owner passes away, There's a boom, and immediately when Jack Welch died, there was hundreds of million dollars going back into GE because they owned a life insurance policy on him. But they were also paying his couple of million dollar year retirement out of a life insurance policy that they paid for that funded his retirement. Okay, Hmm. so what you want to do is you want to there's 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 lots of guaranteed income products. Okay, Hmm. and to work there's ways where you can you know do uh. What they call it? key person insurance or buy sell agreement so that you can you can if the you know uh, uh buy, use them to uh, you can use the cash value to provide to to buy out you can you know there's owner for for real business you can do or at a guy on my show we talked about leverage buyouts where you just take over the the business i know we're talking about generational stuff but you can structure mm-hmm. it but it starts with you have to build liquidity you have to build other assets you have to uh, and there's, you know, there's financial products. So if you have really good revenue, I wouldn't, I'm not a big fan of putting a lot of money at risk in equities, because again, you can't control it. It is a, not a conspiracy, but a, a, everybody wants the market to go up, but there's a lot of volatility. So one of the things that we talk about is that economics is major. So if you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. So you can't just say, the typical advice is, "Hey, let's get you a solo four hundred one k. Let's build this retirement income." But what you're doing is you're putting a lot of money on the sideline that you can't touch. Is that the best thing for your business? Whereas, if you can build that liquidity, you can. There's ways to you know move money aside. It's hard to get into it with with, with um, like from a product because it's not just a product solution, right? Mm-hmm. There's a there's a you know, what do you guess what happens though? When is that? What do you want? What are you trying to accomplish? And uh there's a lot of ways. The the whole goal, like on our show, okay, the, the goal of my show is to show people that there's a one of the goals is there's a lot of ways to skin as a cat outside of the equity markets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And mo- there because there's no even not miss insurance, am sure it's like a financial Swiss Army knife, but there is no financial product that will take you to glory at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, it just doesn't exist. So I don't care what anybody tells you. <laughs> and so it's a combination. It's it's strategy. It's pri- so we teach principles based planning, right? Principles drive strategy. Mm-hmm. Strategy, which is what you do, strategy drives tactics. Tactics yep. are products that you buy, but they're in that order, right? And so we teach five principles, a couple of ta- uh, strategies, and some tactics. And so we will take people through a planning process, but it starts with what do you want and why? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And is so if I'm consulting with somebody, that's what I what do you want and why? What does that look like? And uh, and then you kind of work backwards to kind of figure that out. And then you fill it in with the products, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So I, I never know. I never go into a situation with, OK, we're going to get this annuity, going do I don't know. I just it's all a conversation. And then you kind of uh, back layer it in. OK, how, here's the best way to get you from point A to point B and there's a lot of moving parts so you can't it's just not just one thing to, to do it i don't know if that was vague Is that help no no, no it helps I, I, that's just how my yeah. mind works when i think about it it's like all right you know it's because what is retirement well you want work optional income which means so it's a function of not a number but it's cash flow right mm-hmm. so if you need twenty thousand dollars a month then what type of assets that you have in outside the business that will generate that, that will allow you to to, to do that, you mm-hmm. know, and the business could be one of them. See, if you run a real business, you know, what I call emit style, why do you need to retire? Because you're not working anyway. You know, you should, they should be doing the work and if you're the, the elder, mm-hmm. you should be lending your wisdom and letting them do the work, but there should be, you built an asset that should generate money for you.
0: I was going to take you up on that so you've answered my last
1: question. Okay. <laughs>
0: You've answered it for me. Um how can fruits work with you? What does
1: that look like? Um uh well you can so what what happens is you can I, I'll tell people look, you listen to the show so for you can get more of the madness that's Curtis to make sure you want to work with me. <laughs> so but uh um but they can always like uh uh so what it looks like is you know we have a conversation, you know, what do you want and why? And we just make sure on my first meeting, somebody's like, "Are we a good fit?" You know, I give them homework that they have to complete before we talk, you know, and then just to kind of get a feel for it. And then we just, you know, if you're business owners, you know, I love those are my favorite people. I I I'd like to work with business owners. I work with real estate investors. and I work with people that aspire to those things, uh, um, that you know are trying to leave corporate. But you know, you know, you don't have to. The goal is to become financially free. That's our goal. We work with folks, but so is the website practicalwealthadvisory.com. You can just click apply to work with Curtis. Uh, You know, check us out in the podcast. We also have a YouTube channel where I put a lot of uh, videos on different topics, you know, out there. And so we try to, you know, teach. I'm a financial educator, right? At at the core, that's what I see myself doing. And, um, you know, one of the specific strategies we teach is a strategy called privatized banking. So we kind of incorporate that from a business standpoint. And that's how they do it. That's how they can get touch credits.
0: What is this privatized banking? I'm intrigued.
1: So privatized banking is a system where we use properly structured dividend paying whole life as a, as a place to store cash and as a system for cash flow management. And mm-hmm. uh, based on the book by R. Nelson Nash called Becoming Your Own Banker. And one of the things that we say, everybody should have two businesses, right? The, the one that gives them a paycheck and the banking business. OK, mm-hmm. and uh, so you look at the Rothschilds and you look at the the, the um, Kennedys, and you look at what's the, the Rockefellers, they all have family offices. And, and life insurance is like a com- critical component because it makes sure wealth transfers tax free to give your state liquidity. But what we teach is the living benefits. Like my clients collateralize. I got a client, we we're dumping 75 grand into a, a policy so she, she can take a loan out in January and she's buying an apartment building, mm. using it for the down payment. Mm. And then I, I'm showing her how to structure from the cash flow to pay the loan back so it's back and ready to use again for something else. Meanwhile, it's still in the account making money because you're mm. just collateralizing. You're not withdrawing it. It's growing tax deferred. It's all it's tax taxes, credit protected. So there's a lot of benefits uh, to that process. So we specialize in that. And it's like the greatest instance slice spread for business owners. It's not a magic money box. You got to save it, right? But you want to be able to to think like if you go downtown in any big city in, in the United States or North America or Europe, who owns the buildings? Banks. Hmm. So what we teach is how to borrow that business model, okay, and add it to your business. You know, you should again, you should you should have your business, but you should be funding your stuff and start Mm. recapturing the profits you are giving away to third party capital okay that is the magic pill for like the missing not the magic pill but the missing link for a lot of your listeners i think that Mm. and my listeners also of not incorporating that not incorporating leverage because i don't know there's nobody i know that is getting out of here live so what i tell people don't die for free Mm. let's bet on that event and let's make our inheritances happen
0: Hmm.
1: right? But you can use it along the way. So there's, there's a, there's a, that's a, you should call me, but we'll have another talk just on that. But that's, that's, that's kind of stuff that we get into. That's what we talk about on the show. We talk about that on the YouTube channel and I have a report that if you don't mind, I'll, I'll um, it's a text thing. Uh, but if, if they'll uh, as, as a report, we call called the value of liquidity. So we talk about liquidity a lot. So why is that important for you guys? And if you will text uh, "be the bank" all one word B E T H E B A N K to uh, the number the short code five five four four four, we'll send that uh, report out to you, and then you know we you can we'll follow up a little bit and we can have a conversation if that votes your vote. How's that?
0: Amazing, amazing! Thank you so so much, Curtis. It's been incredible, incredible. And if folks want to get in touch with you, how best can they reach you? Just to reiterate. Uh,
1: so uh, practicalwealthadvisors.com. They can uh, go to the Practical Wealth show. And then even in the show notes, there's usually a link our email and, uh, or to the uh, calendar where you can schedule a uh, you know, complimentary uh, consultation. Awesome. And then go to Be The Bank. Uh, text Be The Bank to 55444. Mm-hmm
0: awesome thank you
1: my pleasure that was really really insightful
0: and a piece that i've been struck by is this piece on intergenerational leadership and transfers within a family enterprise and how that can change the risk reward patterns between first gen and second gen and how the founder takes on this business like a baby and, you know, puts their blood, sweat and tears and, you know, will stay up all night nursing this baby and will clean up their poop and, you know, the baby will vomit all over them and they will clean it up and still give their babies a kiss and cherish their babies with pride. Now, when it comes to the second generation... That sacrifice, that love is not, the, the extent of the love is not there because the extent of sacrifice has not been made for the baby, right? Um, I'm a mom and I know that um, the first time I had a nanny, I was always, I was quite, I was quite nervous because I was like, you can't love this child the same way I do. <laughs> um, because I pushed him. <laughs> that was sacrifice. You, I stayed up all night and I fed him. I've... I've changed his poopy diapers. He's he's vomited on me many a time. I've sacrificed for him in a way that you cannot. Yours is a bit more cosmetic. Yeah, you're, you're helping him and you're you're doing stuff. But it's a bit, it's not as, your skin is not as in the game. And when it comes to us as next gens, we have to be aware of this pattern that's happening, right? Um, a lot of the time, it's, it's, it's difficult. And it's taken me a long time to come to this realisation that even I, Had this, we are not as willing to put as much skin in the game (laughs) as the founders. So, will you write a personal guarantee for the business? Perhaps not. Will you sell assets to reinvest in the business? Perhaps not. And so, I think a lot of the time, founders sense this. How committed are you to the family business? And so why should I let go to you to take it forward? I think we have to start having collective conversations on the expectations with respect to the risks and the rewards of being family business owners. The distinction between the first gen and the second gen and how can we gradually increase the dial to start shifting more risk and reward to the second generation. Obviously tolerable risk, um, risk mitigated. That's not to say just taking on absurd amounts of risk. Um, But I do think you don't treasure what you haven't sacrificed for. I I really do believe that. So yeah, that's just my TED talk is over this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you, folks. Um, As always, love for you to leave a review um, on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play. It really helps with getting the word out there getting the podcast into um, the hands of folks that really need this information. And if you know someone that is an ex-gen or in a family enterprise building their enterprises, please share this podcast with them so that they can be blessed. Thank you so much. Take care and God bless you.